Welcome everybody to another episode of Moose Mike. Today we have a really cool topic that I'm really passionate about that is pro and we have an awesome guest in the form of uh sorry, Liza. <laughs> yeah, it's Liza Hall. <laughs> How dare you? Man, like I'm from another country. Come on, <laughs> oh. the accent. Two minutes in. You did you did your best. I, I tried. I tried. Uh well, Liza, we're really glad that you're here to talk about this form of media that a lot of people do not realize it's in known form. So what I wanted to talk to you about spe- specifically is like pro wrestling as part of a bigger spectrum, you know, like uh, usually we see that it's on TV. Right now, uh, there's some wrestling shows that are on the internet. Uh, but I want to go more into deep because... Uh, I know there's like a storytelling behind like whatever you guys do in the ring. Uh, there's a lot of lingo like kayfabe and character uh, heels and baby faces. So can you explain a little bit of this crazy world that is progressing to us? Uh, like explain what pro wrestling is? Uh, yeah. Like what is your outlet or what is your point of view from pro wrestling as a bigger thing? Like a well, I mean, pro wrestling really to me is like somewhere where I can express who I really want to be, you know, and have, whoop, sorry, yeah, is it, to explain like what I want to be and putting things together is how I um, really express myself. And I think that's how a lot of people do that as well. And we try to make everything make sense from every point of view. And. And for example, I know that there's a lot of people that they say they present a character uh, instead of like, I don't know, like instead of Lysa, it's like, like Lysa Hall in this sense, you know, like this bigger than life character that retains some of the characteristics, not even one of their characteristics, like they play a whole different persona. Uh, Lysa Hall, what is the character that you play in these uh, shows? Uh, Lysa Hall, I feel like it's a bigger extension of who I am. I know I'm not the most talkative person, and when I'm out there, I more show what I want to do, and, like, I show how intense that I can be, you know. And I think a lot of people do that when they're putting together who they want to be. They either think of who they are and make it bigger than they actually are, or they find something that they really like, and then they portray that. Nice. And, oh, yeah, you want to... So yeah, yeah, that's that's a side of wrestling. Like I, I know nothing about wrestling. I don't <laughs> don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> all I, right, I'm, good I, start. I, I'm probably exactly. the guy over here that's gonna be asking like all the questions that are probably obvious because I don't okay. know anything about wrestling. <laughs> and that's something that's for me pretty impressive because that's you're what you're just putting words there that you're creating a, a either something you want to play as, something you want to be, or like a bigger and stronger version of yourself. That's something really interesting that I never thought about that wasn't wrestling is is that how you came out with your persona you thought about it yeah like liza hall is just an extension of who i want to be and who i am i'm i'm not usually a very intense person when i'm mm-hmm. talking to somebody i'm more like nice and upbeat but when i'm in the ring i'm i'm straight to the point i'm to what i want to go for nice yeah and, and i have seen like uh no, it's, <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode is going to be like the most uh, watched episode, you know? That, like, that's why we have oh editors. No. The, the, no, don't worry. Don't. Can... 
Don't worry, yeah, we have that... editors for that. We, we have Stafford for this, right, Stafford? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> His life oh, is just going to be painful. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. He's going he's gonna to cut out the awkward parts and make it sound smart. Perfect. Yeah, right. No promises. <laughs> I, I don't know what? if I can work miracles, man. How do you got to slam your friend like that, man? Uh, go ahead, Rodrigo. Uh, ask your question. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this has become like a skit. Well, I was going to ask you, like, from what I saw, like, let's say pictures of your matches of you, like, from five years, four years ago, you presented yourself like a more happy-go-lucky character. And, like, yes. from what I'm envisioning or what I'm watching right now from the recent match- matches is, like, more like a hard-hitting technical wrestler kind of thing. And it, even, like, I saw that you posted, like, a picture comparing, like, your first year to, like, your latest year. And you can, like, <laughs> a whole transformation of like a person so, so how how the first iteration of a uh, Liza hole and what is Liza hole nowadays well over the last year I've completely changed my whole kind of persona and what I do in the ring when I first started it was very like happy-go-lucky like you said but I, when I first started I was also in high school so I mean that's the kind of person that I was I was just always excited about things and when I first came up with my like gear concept and my ideas I was super excited for them I'm like yeah this is so me this is so fun but then in the last year or so I'm like this just isn't like what I want to do this isn't me anymore so I've gotten to like and that's the cool thing with wrestling you can change who you want to be as you're changing as a human you know as you're growing and yeah. I'm like yeah I've just always loved technical wrestling as well so I mean why not like something that really reminded me uh when I started like watching some of your videos uh like your style reminded me a lot of like Zack Sabre Jr. in, th- in that kind of style uh of like going really for the hooks and like for the jabbing like right. mad wrestling. Like, thank you I, that's I, I, cool oh really like is that somebody, yeah. somebody that you admire or something or it is i've been i've watched a lot of zach saber jr over the years mm-hmm. as well as like jonathan gresham and world of sport that's like an old english wrestling company and like that's the kind of stuff that i really love doing and like in high school, I used to wrestle uh, like Greco-Roman wrestling, like high school wrestling. And so a lot of that stuff also translated over to like pro wrestling. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like I want to get down to it. That's very interesting. I, uh, I actually spent uh, high school and, and before uh, since I was very little doing uh, uh, folk style, collegiate style and, uh, and then, um, occasionally freestyle uh, wrestling. Uh, oh really yeah so i'm I'm familiar with that i'm curious how much of that actually does translate into uh into the pro wrestling scene uh well it depends on what kind of wrestling you want to do you know there's a lot of guys who do aerial stuff or running stuff the stuff i like to do is more submission based than like wrestling like getting on the person trying to get them to not get away from you kind of thing it's not high impact but it's technical so a lot of the hooks and the like under underhand stuff like that from greco wrestling also translates to pro okay very nice yeah and has it been like so let's say uh if somebody young wanted to start their journey on being a pro wrestler 
or, uh, or even before that, you know, like there's this kind of kids watching wrestling shows or uh, kids watching, uh, let's say, WWE and all this kind of like big uh, showy stuff. And right. then they sign up to like, re- like Greco-Romanic uh, wrestling, as, as you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I know there's kind of like I I don't want to say a letdown because at the end of the day it's like uh, their own thing <laughs> and it's like a, a really cool thing you know but like I imagine like kids trying to make their own entrances and like going for like I don't know a 450 a splash or something so mm-hmm. if somebody was listening and wanted to get their kids to like maybe into something like that, that what would you say uh, well, I think, like, for kids, Greco wrestling is a great start if they really wanted to do WWE-style wrestling. When you do get into pro wrestling, it's a complete turnaround. Like, some of the moves and things will translate, but pro wrestling is just a whole nother kind of beast, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're a second-generation wrestler? Yeah, I am. My uh, mom wrestled. She wrestled from 1990 to 2012. She had like a few little breaks in there when me and my sisters were born. But uh, yeah, she was pretty constant in the business, especially on the West Coast here. Nice. Mm-hmm. And how was it like growing up in that kind of like, uh, not, not environment, but let's say like, like in that core family that was really wrestling oriented? Uh, I loved it. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, we started, my mom went back to wrestling when I was about four five. And we would go to wrestling shows every weekend. There would be some days during the week that she would bring us to, like, training classes if she didn't have a babysitter. And then, like, the first time I even learned how to take a bump was just a joke on my mom that somebody was playing. And they're like, hey, do this. And I'm like oh this looks so cool and I did it and he's like okay go show your mom so I did it in front of her and she's like oh my god where'd you learn that from like what are you doing (laughs) 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 but yeah I thought it was hilarious but she was pissed (laughs) I can imagine that yeah Yeah. (laughs) that must have been super cool to grow up in that environment yeah I mean once you Sorry, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it must be super cool to grow up in that environment and get to grow up and live it, you know? Yeah, and especially, like, if you're growing up around the people who are going to, like, eventually teach you how to wrestle, it's, it's nice to have a background with those people, you know? Although you don't need to have one. And now that you mention it, like, I think it's something really interesting, uh, the teaching uh, behind wrestling. Like, people think you can get, like... Uh, I know there's like this misconception that it's just like, oh, you get a trampoline and you just start doing flips and and you'll eventually learn wrestling or like backyard wrestling or something. But like, I see that you guys uh, have like a lot of background in a lot of different stuff for you guys to be able to succeed, you know? Uh, I see that you guys need like some performing or acting for you to guys perform uh, promos or like there's more ability is that you kind of tend to perform in the ring like can you tell us more about the background that you uh you need in progress yeah so for uh like you're talking about the more acting part like promos and when you're talking uh in the yeah. ring and doing your entrance and stuff like that definitely having some like acting experience is nice but mostly it's like 
if you can say what you want to say, how you want to say it, then most of the time it comes out perfectly, you know? There's a lot of people who just practice their promos in the mirrors or, like, acting and practicing their entrances and stuff like that before they're even doing it. That's... <laughs> how is the feeling? You know, I'm just thinking. How is the feeling of doing a promo? That's the one thing I like to watch. Like, that must be so cool. Uh, doing a promo is cool. It's kind of like doing a podcast. Where <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it's, I'm on being honest. But uh, people ask you a question, and then you go off that question, and you um, add your own little twists and turns to it, and you get just get as much information out as you can while also. Being in your character, you know? That must be so awesome. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool once you do it. But if you fuck up like a million times... Ta- oh, wait, am I allowed to swear on here? You go for yeah, it. Go, go for ahead, it. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody asks that question. Carry on. Okay, okay. But yeah, um, as soon as you fuck up in the middle of your promo and you have to start again, you're like, oh, damn. Once you mess up once, then it's like hard to get back on track sometimes, you know? Yeah. And have you ever fucked yeah. up in front of a like crowd? Ooh, I've definitely stuttered on words before, but I've never like harshly messed up in front of a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> or like I've sworn in front of a crowd of kids and I'm like, oh well this is done. <laughs> <laughs> Parents ranting at the end of the show. Give us a call back. Yeah. You'll hear the kids gasp and you're like, I did it. <laughs> Yeah. It's the funny thing about kids, right? You just say like anything and you know you made something wrong by their reaction. Yeah. As soon as they gasp, you're like, oh no, they're gonna, <laughs> that's going to stick with them for the rest of the show. You're going to be that person. But somehow you become their hero. Right? <laughs> uh, hopefully. <laughs> you're like, you're like the, the cool uncle that gives extra money on Christmas, but a wrestler. Hey, that's the wrestler that taught me how to swear. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, oh, see? There you go. <laughs> uh. And, like, talking about importance in pro wrestling, um, so we know, like, the titles are, like, a big thing, or at least that's the perception. Do you think, like, the merit of the titles or like the prestige of the titles has been diminishing like by the years because at least back in my home country like like there's not a lot of like value to titles it's more about the masks and like uh the hair like bedding rather than the titles so do you think like that's a thing here in uh, canada and the u.s right well i think um titles and stuff like that are definitely a big part of wrestling shows in the in the u.s and north america in general but to each company it's definitely what they make of the title and what they um what they how much they put in it how much they believe in it you know there's some places who don't have any titles and there's some indie companies who have three where they should only have like maybe two because <laughs> it's unnecessary but uh even for the wrestler themselves it's what they make of it yeah let's, let's say let's say hypothetical situation here let's have the completely hypothetical situation there's someone here that doesn't understand wrestling okay <laughs> what like what defines what, what company what any company should have x amount of titles you know because you mentioned well, like some companies only have two instead of three how does that work well sometimes it's like how many guys they have or like if you only have say six guys on a show then maybe you only need one or two titles because mm-hmm. like that's not many guys to be fighting for a lot of titles you know 
Okay, yeah, because yeah, it's like competition. The more, the more titles you evolve, the less competitive it is because everyone gets one. Yeah. But also, like, you cannot have all, like, a bunch of titles even though you have a lot of, a lot of wrestlers, right? Because if not, like, the titles just become props instead of, like... Titles. Something. Yeah, it's something that yeah, you, like, something, uh, something you work for. And uh, talking about that, like, something you work uh, for behind the scenes, like, going a little bit uh, into depth, for you, Liza Hall, like, for you, what is, like, to receive a title or, like, to earn a title from a company like do you think like that's uh uh i don't know like how do you feel when you get that title from a company you know behind the scenes not not like athletic or in the match <laughs> not like as a part yeah, of the say, show like, i mean like do you think it's kind of like a, a a seal of trust or like or as a part of the company like hey like we trust you to be our champion or something like for you to represent this brand yeah, for sure. I mean, once a company decides to put a title on you, you feel like, oh, I've put, they see how much effort I've put in and like how hard you've worked. I know the first time I ever won a title was at Vancouver Island Pro Wrestling. Uh, uh, that's run in like Nanaimo and Departure Bay area. And I was so excited and happy and then they took the promo picture of me and I was just standing outside and I looked so happy and then I look back on it now and I'm like why wasn't I like inside or why didn't I try to do my hair or something like that <laughs> but you know you just get so in the moment uh but yeah I think once you win a title it's it's very exciting inside and outside of the ring I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way. Like, I think it's kind of like when you graduate, right? Like, you know, like, you're getting, like, something amazing that is going to change your life. Like, you know it's getting there, but then, like... Yeah, it helps you uh, like, level yourself up a bit. Yeah. 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 Like, and once you have it, it's like, oh, God, like, I'm so excited. And I'm going to take pictures with my dad and with my mom and whatever. And then, like, it's like, hey, can you come back to the podium to take pictures with the teacher, please? Like, so, oh. you know? <laughs> No, I definitely, my grandparents made me bring the title home so that they could take a picture with it when I first won. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. And you have, like, you have won this title that you have mentioned. You also have won, like, the internet champion of uh, PWA, if I'm, yep. I'm right. Yep. And also with your sister, you, you have won the 3-1 Battle Tacting Championship twice. Right? Yeah, so that's down in Seattle. Yeah, so for you, which title has been like the one that you hold? During Ooh, I'm going to say my first one, the Vancouver Island Pro Wrestling Championship, because that one was one that was like a singles championship, and I, I earned it all on my own, you know? That one was the most important to me. And do you prefer like that kind of way? Like, do you prefer being on a tag team with uh, your sister or do you prefer like more going on your own at, at least at this point in your career right now i like i love tag teaming with my sister and we have so much fun uh just putting things together and being out there together but at this moment i think being in a singles path for me is the right way to go. I've had a lot of fun lately getting to do my own thing. And the past couple months have been really good for me as like growing and getting out to new companies has been. So, you know. 
what's the difference in question to exposure and how it works to tag team into going solo? What do you mean? As like exposure works? I mean, I guess just exposure for as an example, but like, why would one prefer solo work instead of tag teaming or tag teaming instead of solo work? Does it just come down to personal preference? Uh, well, it comes down to personal preference, like how you, how your wrestling style is, and then it's how much work both parts of the team want to put in, and there's like a big team aspect where you're, it's almost like conducting business with another person. You, you mm-hmm. have to... Um, you know, agree on everything. Yeah, so it's just that it's a lot of teamwork, team effort. And I think you, Stafford, like, you were really interesting in, in like, getting to know, like, that kind of dynamic, right, that uh, Liza, uh, alongside her sister, and how, like, that came up as a tag team and as sisters and being in this business. Yeah. I mean, me and my sister have traveled everywhere together, and we always have... uh, a great time when we get to travel and work together but we also do sometimes we'll go to the same show together and we'll do singles matches or we'll be doing something completely different and then other times we'll be tagging together and be together like the entire day so i mean it's always uh, up for change you know it's uh it's nice to have um kind of like your own uh, almost uh, community, I guess. Like I, I can imagine from the sound of it, that, that's sort of what, uh, what you have with your sister. Right? You, you kind of work together, but sometimes even each of you kind of doing your own thing, but in the same space. Um, yeah. Has, has that really um, like in, informed, uh, you know, your style uh, in singles, like having that experience with your sister, has it informed... Um, uh, like the the career path you've taken in singles, like even even when you guys aren't necessarily doing uh, a tag team, you know how does that uh, how does that relationship uh, kind of affect your uh, your wrestling career? Well, I mean, I've learned a lot from working with my sister. When I first started, I wrestled her in singles matches a lot, as well as tag teaming with her. I think my first year of having matches, probably half of my matches involved her in some way. So, I mean, <laughs> I've definitely gotten to learn a lot with her and then just having her around to ask questions or to, like, calm me down if I'm, like, trying to think of things, like, in a position of where I need her, you know? Yeah, she's very good for that kind of stuff. Nice. So, you guys, like, as a tech team, um, have also been rivals, as you're mentioning, like for a bunch of times. And from just researching a, a little bit, like you have faced like some big time people, like uh, Thunder Rosa and like Sue Young. And Chuck. yeah, uh, like what do you think? Like when you're facing these people, have like maybe more prominence or more like uh, a name in the whole industry, like for just like a way to step it up or like something along those. Right. Well, when you're working somebody who has a bigger name than you do, it's always a little nerve-wracking, but it it makes you step up a little bit. It makes you want to be better and be able to like have what they have as like you're like, "Oh, this person's really good and I want to be just as good as they are when I'm wrestling them so that our match can be like the best that it can be, you know." And when we worked uh Thunder Rosa and Holiday in Vancouver, that was one time where we were like, very excited to get to work with them. And then we also just learned a lot from having them 
uh, talk to us before and after the match, you know, kind of thing. And let's say for for somebody like Su Young, that had like this really eccentric character, uh, more like a sap- supernatural being inside the mm-hmm. ring. Uh, I noticed that you uh, you were doing more like a performance based kind of thing, uh, like more being uh, um, like cautious of approaching her at the beginning of the match and like as things were developing and from time to time, like it was, you know, like how do you put that kind of match together? Like differently, like a nor- different than a normal match or like a comedy match that I, I also have seen you do, you know, like right. big before hand with her or what was it? Right. So there's always like different kind of matches. There's more comedy matches, high flying, fast paced. Some people just want to go out there and have a brawler match or hardcore. But when I was working uh, Sue Young, we definitely put the match together like you would put a regular match together. And then when I was out there, I was kind of just reacting to everything that she was, everything that she was doing. When she was like upside down in the corner, I was like, dog, like what is going on here? Mm -hmm. Or when the fans were chanting, Sue's going to kill you, I was like... How did you guys turn on me so fast? I've been here for six months and you've seen her once, man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's some things that you kind of just have to react to in the moment. And and so also one of the the people that I've noticed that you have like either face or tech a lot is a a good friend of ours. Or or well, at least I consider him a friend. I don't know about... uh, Drew Sarian, that I oh, think Drew right now... Uh, oh, Drew Sarian. You guys know Drew? <laughs> we oh, know yeah. Drew. Drew he taught was... us how to use power tools. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He taught us how to stand that's on a ladder. That's... Teacher at The one you need to have a talk with. Yes. Uh, yeah, the one that I disagree. Awesome, awesome. He is a yeah. good guy. He's really cool. I mean, the first time I met him was in Seattle, actually, at 321. And we've done, like, lots of car rides down to Seattle together as well. But, yeah, he's a really cool guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's something else. First time I met him, like, I didn't expect him to be a wrestler, you know? Like, from time to time, I saw him with, like, a Bullet Club teacher, like, something wrestling-like. Right, Uh, he doesn't look like a wrestler is what you're trying to say, right? No, 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 no. Drew's gonna no, come Drew. out for you, dude. You know, you know, Drew will come out for you, dude. You know, Drew, my man. Like we have talked wrestling alone. You know that I don't mean this, and like life is taking my words out of context. Please don't believe her. I'm sorry, I'm just starting. <laughs> this whole drama, man. Uh, is this how just you, is, this your, is this your way to wrestling, Rodrigo? Do you call out a wrestler so you can't wrestling? Man, oh no! Is this the, is this the end game here? Ne- yeah, next week, like me versus Drew. Yeah, uh, me with Hero, Hero Experience getting like totally wrecked. Well, we uh, just got the mask, right? No, <laughs> but I mean, like I, I, I didn't expect him to be a wrestler, you know. And then, like I, like when he finally accepted me on Facebook, and like I saw, like he had the bamboo things on his head, like and doing the. It's just three matches. I was like amazed. I was like, man, you're so freaking cool. Like, you should showcase more of this kind of stuff, you know? 
Oh uh, yeah, for sure. There's some so, people you just don't expect to be wrestlers at all. <laughs> that's the thing that our experience with Drew was pretty much we got to our film school and where we mm-hmm. met him. And our first, like at least my first experience with Drew was him shouting at upper term kids because they weren't using the power tools right and saying he'd right. ladder away if they didn't follow safety precautions. <laughs> and then pretty much him coming over to us in our own class going, all right, guys. This is how you use power tools. Don't be fucking idiots. If you are idiots, you will lose your power tools and you won't build a set. Oh yep. my gosh. That sounds like Drew, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great guy, though. Great guy. Yeah. And, and going back to what you said, like, when people approach you or, like, just out of... Well, no. Sorry, that sounded so wrong. Like, people don't approach you out in the street, like, just like that. But, like, let's say if you meet somebody, like, for the first time, mm-hmm. like... And you mentioned you're a wrestler. What, what is their first reaction or something like? And also, do you mention it a lot? Like, obviously, not like you know, not like showcasing like, oh, I'm a wrestler, you know. But like, you know. right? Like, I don't usually bring it up in just like casual conversation, right? <laughs> but um, definitely, it's happened to me where people like I'll be at a wrestling show or something, and I'll be hanging out with some of the boys, and then uh, they'll be talking about their matches or something, and then I'll bring up mine, and then the person who doesn't know me will be like oh, whoa, she's wrestling, <laughs> like, what? Or, like, if I'm at a family gathering and somebody brings somebody who's, say, like, a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, and then the conversation of wrestling comes up, and they're like, oh, my God, you guys wrestle? That's so cool. Like, we've got to come to a show sometime. <laughs> yeah, but that'd yeah. be real with you. If I was a wrestler, I'd be telling everyone. That'd be the first oh, yeah, thing. really? That'd be the <laughs> first thing I'd say, man. <laughs> I would ride that wave so hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's lots of people who do that though. Like their whole life is wrestling. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Especially <laughs> you are. If you were a wrestler, like you will be so fucking annoying. All if I did something as time, cool like, as wrestling, yeah, I, I'd be telling everyone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, why not? Get yourself out there. Yeah, right? Go for it. You're, you're, you're changing the narrative. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Just, just gotta leave boxing, go to wrestling, you know. Yeah. I think that's that's super interesting, Lisa. So, do you think like somebody that has like fighting or like like uh, some attitude, like let's say boxing or MMA, like can do, do like an easy transition to wrestling, or is going to struggle like doing this kind of? Well, I've seen people who like try to transition from boxing or like Muay Thai, kickboxing, stuff like that sometimes. And uh, the way, like, the stances are different, some people just can't adapt to it, and then some people just adapt to it really well. So it kind of just depends on the person. I so imagine boxers. Yeah, I imagine boxers specifically have a bad time because... Yeah, it's a very, like, to... hunched-over kind of Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, we've had, like, a boxer there, and he was, like, always moving moving around crazy and like yeah. he's always low and we're like nah dog like you gotta do it like couldn't could not get it <laughs> yeah that's the thing about boxing right? we're always like jumping around trying to get distance mm-hmm. like, the, the thing with boxing is that 90% of the fight you are not at punching just distance only 10% no you wanna of be it. away yeah so that that, that on its own is a big shift and then as you said the stance on itself since you're not worrying about tackles or anything or any below the belt punch you pretty much don't see anything that's not coming in for either your upper body or your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and have you ever been, like, injured or, like, something, like, let's say, like, not nothing serious or, 
like so, has has something happened in the ring to you like, that take you out of action or like I don't I've like, never like I've never broken anything. I've definitely had a few nosebleeds or I've had two concussions since I've started, which is pretty good. <laughs> For five years and two concussions, that's not that bad. And the first one I got was the first suplex that I ever took. And uh, like I had no idea how to do it. And so I went up. And then instead of going all the way over, it was basically just a brain buster. <laughs> and I went straight down on my head. <laughs> yeah, so that took me out for a few weeks. Oh, yeah, suplex is not fun to, well, no. fun to do, not fun to take. Yeah, because if yeah. the person that does it, it's probably a lot of fun. Right, or especially if you don't know how to protect yourself. I mean, ugh. yeah, Yeah. And that's, a, that's the thing also. People, like, you can see them, like, in the ring. Like, let's say you with another guy or girl, like, uh, fighting it up in the ring. But at the same time, like, you guys are protecting yourselves, like, one yeah, another. Yeah, that's, like, the number one rule of wrestling is protect yourself. So I, I don't know if like any of you have has heard of this uh, case. It was something big in Mexico. Uh, so sorry if I bring it up a lot, but like you know, like firsthand, like it's what. I, uh, but this was this wrestler that that it was called. Uh, I think it was something like Angel or Demon or something like that. And he threw like a, an actual brick uh, to the back of the what? head of uh, another wrestler called Cuervo um, of Puerto Rico. And like he pretty much like he threw a rake at his head. Like a brick, like an actual brick oh, of concrete, brick. and like he, yeah. Wow. Sorry, my English. <laughs> Yet again. Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, are you that, sure? Is yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, like it was fucked oh, up. Oh, that's brick. Mm-hmm. And it like crushed his skull, didn't it? Yeah, like he was in the hospital right away and like i think he announced his retired like last year but i think he came back like something along those lines uh at the beginning of the of this year so wait, oh, did wait. he come back he came back after he got his head smashed oh. in by a brick i did not hear yeah about that. i need i need that's to verify that is that's uh, so I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that's not well seen in the wrestling community doing stuff like that it's not it's a no-no no <laughs> No, that's a very like specific group. I think yeah. there's like deathmatch wrestling is what it's <laughs> called, and it's just like, guys going nuts, like hitting each other with light tubes and kendo sticks, tables, chairs, like everything. Oh, yes, there's one in Mexico that I've actually been watching. It's called Zona Twenty Three, and oh, it's basically in the <laughs> it's in the back of like a junkyard, and they just go ape on each other. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like broken down cars and everything. That that's very cool. Mad Max. <laughs> no, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty metal. I don't want to see that now. It's, it's cr- just look it up yeah. on YouTube. And, and let's say like will we ever see like a dead match from Liza Hall or like an extreme match? No. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I've, done, I've done two ladder matches and then two other hardcore matches, and I think I'm good for hardcore for the rest of my career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is just not my not my thing. And, and, and what is kind of like the mindset, you know? Like, like uh, maybe I, like you cannot give it like a whole uh, in depth what's going on, right? But when you're and when you hear the announcement of like, 
hey, this guy is going against this guy in a hardcore match. Like, and there's going to be staples and like lights and all, all that you're saying. Like, what do you think it goes in the mind of like, okay, I'm going to get like Stitch and like doing all this stuff for half an hour, you know? Right. Well, I think there's, um, I mean, different flavors of ice cream for everyone, you know? Everybody likes doing different kinds of things. And, like, I love watching hardcore wrestling. But there was a time when I, like, did not like watching it at all. And, I mean, I more like the technical wrestling for myself. I feel like there's more of an art to it. But, I mean, people who do hardcore wrestling find that there's an art to it as well. So, I mean, it's just different flavors, you know? And I know, like, we do... Rec- and, and we we will do recommendations at the end. Like, that's not going to go out of the table but let's say since you're mentioning it um that technical wrestling is more like an art form uh, mm-hmm. which match or like which wrestler or something along those lines would you recommend people that will be open to start seeing technical wrestling or something that they that you say like oh if you if you watch this you're going to uh as like technical wrestling goes a guy from vancouver here his name is Daniel Makabe. He's so good at what he does. Uh, I got lucky enough to wrestle him in both January and December. And those were two of my most favorite matches I've had in a long time. So, I mean, he's really good. And, and it, 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 it's become like a... Kind of like a fight or like a... No, not a fight. But let's say, like, does it become like who is better, like getting out of the holes and putting you in the other hole or that kind of stuff when you're in the heat of the... Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just starts off like a nice like a nice wrestling match and then sometimes it gets very competitive. I know when I wrestled him both times, the first time uh, I didn't know him as well and it started off nice and then we just got to this very competitive moment and we just went and went until he finally won. And then in our second match, it, I knew it wasn't going to be a friendly match, so we just went right for it. And how does the audience react, you know? Because I you know, like, I think in one interview you mentioned, like, you have been to Japan, and, like, the Japanese audience is completely different from the, here, from the one here in North. Um, and nowadays, with the COVID-19, there's no crowd. Like, yeah. Absolutely no crowd. So how... What is the importance of the crowd in uh, a wrestling show, you know? I think the crowd is so important. I mean, when you're doing something like wrestling, there's the crowd involvement, which you're trying to get a lot through to get a lot through the match. And then also it just hikes you up like you have that adrenaline as soon as you go through the curtain because you know there's going to be a whole bunch of people watching you i mean i wrestled in japan i think it was my first year of wrestling and i think i had like three matches there and the crowd is like dead silent other than thing like if they see something they like they'll give like a little golf clap and i was so not used to that i was like why are they so quiet but it's like just a respect thing there you know (laughs) but uh i mean now that there's no crowds for wrestling and only really the big companies are running shows it's um it's a lot different like i wouldn't even know what it's like to wrestle in front of nobody you know yeah and like that that's the thing right like with everything that is happening right now with the world like crazy things that we didn't expect like let's say a wrestlemania that has no 
uh, and like recent releases from this same company and just like mm-hmm. taping shows just to get, get some guns. Uh, uh, talking about that in that aspect, uh, going into the cinematic matches, that that's another like genre or like another style. Uh, yeah. So I think like, that's something have... that can get super popular right now. <laughs> so I mean, the um, like the bunkhouse is that what it was called? The funhouse, Firefly uh, funhouse. Oh yeah, the funhouse mouse. Yeah, that match was so fun. Like, there was no wrestling involved in it, but all of, like, the little wrestling inside jokes and stuff that went back to, like, Cena's Thugonomics days and stuff like that was hilarious. So people who watched wrestling and knew those jokes would be like, this is amazing. But other people who didn't get it are like, oh, this is not wrestling. (laughs) I'm actually curious. Like, so I sent the this bit to, to you guys, like to you, Sapper and, and Arthur, like, like, what do you guys thought when you start seeing like, because probably, you know, John Cena, like he has become like, rather than a, a wrestler, he has become like this I mean. super mean. Yeah. <laughs> so when you start seeing like that match and that it was like all these wrestling lingo and like all this history and all these like Easter eggs, like what do you guys thought when you were seeing that? Dead silence. Yeah, I imagine it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, did nobody watch the video you sent? <laughs> Stefan, I really finish talking about this. So uh, I'll leave the floor to uh, you. We're, we're in trouble. We're in the doghouse now. And, oh, I don't, no. no. So <laughs> see, just a lot of videos, man. I think I watched one of them, but I don't think it's no, me, what we're talking about. No, me and Stafford, we talk about this. He was really excited to talk about it. He's just shy now. Go ahead, Stafford. Oh, sure, please. sure, sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> say what you have to say on topic, please. Um, I mean, I can, based on what, what you guys are talking about, like, it's it's interesting that, um, well, well, no, seriously, like, you, you, look at, you look at quarantine, you look at all the, uh, and you know what, I'm going to BS my way through this, guys. Um, okay, okay, okay. The everyone everyone education system has prepared me for this moment. I know how to <laughs> Everybody silence. Stafford is going to be his way out of this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, you look at quarantine, right? And the way that it's changing and shaping uh, everything, but specifically with, with regards to to media, as that is what we're discussing. Um, you know, I mean, uh, from the sound of it, this is something that yeah would be completely unexpected. And, and going into it, saying, you know, well, I, I want to see a, a wrestling match that you know, yeah, I can't be there in person, but maybe I can I can watch this video. Um, and being presented with something completely different, it would it would certainly be jarring, but at the same time, you know, as you've expressed, uh, Liza, the crowd is so integral to the experience of of watching wrestling that without the crowd's physical presence, I'm not at all surprised that it's taken on sort of a different form and that they're using more the, these inside jokes and this sort of um, I, like ultimately it's it's something different because without the crowd there it, it would be something different regardless and and choosing to maybe take it in a different direction do something unexpected um really to innovate i think is what uh what i, I think shows uh, I, th- I think it's a good sign from from the industry or, or specifically whichever company was responsible for that um because we're i mean the the world's grinding to a halt and the people who are going to survive it all are the people who are going to figure out how to do something new Mm-hmm. So I'll, sure. I'll leave it to Liza to to judge if he out of this situation or not. <laughs> he talked uh-huh. himself out of it. He did well. It's okay. It's good. You're <laughs> but I mean, for never. sure, people who are like coming up with new oh, ways of entertainment are 
definitely the people who are going to come out of this the strongest, you know. There's one guy here in BC right now. His name's Sebastian Wolf. He's been doing a bagomania. So every couple of weeks, he throws out a new video selling a, like, a punching bag and him doing different moves like suplexes and stuff like that. And it's actually gotten, like, a pretty decent following as of lately. Or, like, Alexander Hammerstone ducks kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> it's just entertainment, some content for people to watch to know that you're still there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know, you know, one of the things that I've talked about um, at, at length um, with, with in, in a completely different context, but... Um, but the, the idea of consistency with regards to content, right? You know, people are, um, there's, I think there's an understanding pretty much by any uh, rational person that things are going to slow down. There's not going to be wrestling matches happening because we don't want to go and, uh, you know, be in a crowd of a hundred other people, uh, and, and catch, uh, catch the COVID. But yeah, you know, people still want that stream of, of media and, and being able to, show them some level of consistency uh even mm-hmm. if it's something small right like uh you know from from the sound of it there are a lot of wrestlers that are doing small things but it's that consistency of content that there is still a show of there's something there for you to enjoy that is going to i think solidify followings they already had and probably grow their followings as well um really uh, yeah, it's like the people just want to see that you're still there and that you're still doing good stuff. I mean, there's one guy here in BC as well. He, his name is Eli Serge. He's been doing a lot of promos on different conspiracy theories because that's what his gimmick is. Uh, he wears like a tinfoil hat, like the whole get up, a gone squatching thing. But he's been doing big conspiracy theory videos that he posts every week and people are just loving it. So, I mean, any entertainment or content that people can get at right now. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you think, like, these kind of, like, matches that are more... That is kind of, like, merging great cinema somehow, like, because they become, like, these kind of short films of the wrestlers. Uh, do you think, like, after quarantine or after we go back to normal-ish, are they going to be, like, becoming, like, a staple in wrestling? Or it's going to be, like, oh, okay, so this is going to be just for special locations that we're going to see like every five years or something right uh i don't know if it will stick but i think that these new type of matches are definitely something that's that's fun you know and it got people they got people around it when they showed it on tv and they got people to think like wow yeah this is actually so i wouldn't be surprised if they were still doing it once this all kind of ended you know and it's sort of like a sense of disbelief, right? Like watching these kind of like, uh, let's say, The Undertaker versus AJ Styles, like in this <laughs> graveyard march and, and all that kind of uh, I want to talk a little bit into like, like the debate that has always been on wrestling, you know, like where people are saying like, oh, wrestling is fake or wrestling is hmm. not fake, that kind of stuff. Especially right now, since Ronda uh, went on to say like, oh, for me, like... Transitioning from MMA, let's say WWE was just like fighting with friends or just like doing like this. And I just don't want to do it because of the ungrateful fans, you know? So, in that, two different topics, like, you know, like how can you reply to these people that are like this kind of thing, like this is fake fighting? And also, what do you think of that intake of somebody so 
representative somehow talking about like oh you guys are ungrateful fans that like do not deserve me you know right i mean yeah, yeah. all of that is fair but um there's is a lot of choreography in it i guess you could say if that's a good word to use <laughs> but um also there is so much stuff that is real that you can't tell a wrestler that their body doesn't hurt the day after they go to training or the day after they have a match because when you get thrown at the ground it's not like you're getting thrown at a pillow you're getting thrown onto like steel and wooden boards with maybe maybe a tiny mat underneath it you know so i mean even when people give you chops which are just basically like giant slaps to the chest those you can't fake because everybody is looking for the sound i mean there's a lot of in-ring stuff that you'd be like oh that looks fake that doesn't look real but to the wrestlers we we know that it's real like we feel it mm-hmm. and and talking realistically if, if like yeah like Kind of what you mentioned, like if those shots to the chest or something, where then how like it becomes red in a couple of seconds, in you seconds, know, like not like yeah. special effects. Yeah, so at least from my perspective, when when I try to explain like people why do I like for me when I was a ch- child and I went to the arena in Mexico, like for me it was watching like super like actual real life superheroes, you know, because you guys mm-hmm. can live with your bare their hands uh, fly around, uh, <laughs> jump from the turn, like, all this kind of stuff, you know, that for me, like, as a child, it looked like, damn it, like, wh- what's the difference between these guys and, like, Marvel Super? Uh, right, like, there's a lot of so, stuff that wrestlers do that nobody else does, right? Like, like all the high-flying stuff, picking people up. For sure, and, I could see how someone would think it's, like, a superhero. And, and even, like, Taking bumps, you know, like there's there's a science of like taking a bump. Like not not everyone can take a bump and Yeah, like, it's not it's not just throwing yourself at the ground, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, like I think the storylines and everything, like maybe sometimes for some people becomes like something cheeky or something, but it's just like this like an extra spice. What I like wrestling is just it gives like this platform of like characters, fighting characters. And mm-hmm. kind of like evil versus uh, the good guys, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's know. always a story that we're trying to tell. And it's just like watching any other regular show, you know? Like, it's not like you believe like dragons are real from Game of Thrones or something, you know? Like, yeah, so it's entertainment. Guys, <laughs> you, you guys I actually get hurt like, like if something goes wrong when like you guys are I doing like, let's you. see, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, like, the horrible, like, tragic stories where people have actually died in the ring, and, like, even there's a famous story about Sid Vicious where he goes to do a drop kick off the top rope, and then instead of just sticking the drop kick, he puts his foot down and tries to brace himself and, like, actually breaks his leg towards, like, sticking out, you know, so not everything, like, is fake, like, it gets... People get really bad injuries, you know. Mm-hmm. And and 
like talking about the other comment that she made about like ungrateful fans. Like we know the internet is a topic. I don't think thing. I made like, that comment. Yeah. Ronda, <laughs> Rousey, Ronda Rousey <laughs> made a comment. Now Liza Hall. Yeah. Just to let's clarify, let's go. There was friend of the show, Ronda Hal Rousey, who said that. Clarifying. Testify. Uh, yeah, so like just talking about that. <laughs> That's Ronda not like the whole. So I know like the internet is, is a toxic place, and like nowadays everybody film uh, thinks they're a film critic or they're like a booker or something along. How has been like your perception or your reception as like from your fans or like from the internet wrestling community? How do you see uh... that? Well, I've definitely had a lot of good experiences with people on the internet, but there's always those people who are going to tell you your opinion, their opinion, and tell you how bad that they think you are. But most of the time, you just have to ignore them or, like, say, hey, you think this is really bad? Maybe I'll watch it and see why you think it's bad, because maybe it could be something. And then, there's, or there's just a lot of people who want to make you feel bad about yourself without actually having any kind of facts to back it up kind of thing yeah and especially i think like not not nowadays but i think beforehand there was like a misconception or there was like this stigma you guys as female wrestlers like didn't belong into like the main event or didn't belong into normal matches it was like well yeah there's still a lot of people who have that opinion of like women shouldn't wrestle or women shouldn't be able to wrestle men but there's a lot of um, like groundbreakers, like women who are wrestling men all the time and proving, hey, we can be just as good and just as tough as the rest of the men who are here. And I mean, I got to do that a lot when I was working at 321. I worked more males last year than I did females because at 321, it was every week that I was working a male. So you're so, a big supporter of like intergender wrestling. Oh, yeah, I love intergender wrestling. And it's like there's some stuff that you can do with males that you may not be able to do with females, but it also just depends on the individual, you know. And talking about individuals, like which is the male wrestler that you have faced that you have felt this is my opponent, you know, like this is the best rival that I have had in intergender wrestling. Well, recently I've really liked my matches with Daniel Makabe. We both have the same technical kind of style, and I think that we both mesh as West wrestlers very well together. And I've definitely learned a lot from him in this area of wrestling as I've gotten to work with him more. And let's say, so recently, well, not, not that recently, but last year, uh, Tessa Blanchard won the Impact World Champion. Uh, mm-hmm. So for you, like, what's your, yeah, what's your point of view of that because like i know there's a lot of people like saying oh like they're just doing it because they want to create like some some noise and just like be back uh some other like trolls on the internet say like oh a woman shouldn't be holding like a world championship since they have like their own division Mm -hmm. Uh, because i think that's freaking awesome well i think like tessa blanchard winning that title is amazing and it's like a very step in the way for intergender wrestling is proving that it is valid that people that women can go just as hard as the men 
But I mean, for people trolling online, I guess, who are saying that women's wrestling isn't, like, equal or that women can't do it are most of the people who probably couldn't do it themselves, you know? So they want to bash it. Yeah. And I think something that has been really cool is the prominence of, like, nowadays, there are some promotions that are, like, all-female, right? That. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like and, uh, and Shimmer in Chicago and AWS in California. What is the one that is in, in Japan that is also like all Stardom. Oh, Stardom, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like that's the... Like, I, I, I don't say like you need to have all male or female, but just the, the step of like you have like an only female promotion, like that's a big step from going back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, back in the day, they would like there's been all female promotions out of the necessity that women want to wrestle, and a lot of companies just book women to wrestle at all, so they had to find somewhere to go. And I mean, now with promotions, it really showcases girls and what they can do because even on an average card in 2020, or I guess 2019, because there really wasn't that many. Uh, shows this year because of COVID, but yeah. uh, even now, now there's only two girls matches and five guys matches on a card, and it's rare that you're ever gonna get to see an intergender match unless you're in a place that is very um, socially forward thinking, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> and in that regard, so I know talking about COVID that is something that at least in this podcast, like we we. It's not we like never we, talk about, we never talk about it. It doesn't even exist here, you know? It's no, no. Okay, it, fair, fair. It, it, I'm joking. No, it's I'm not joking. like that. It's like okay. we, talk, <laughs> we talk about it quite a few times, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tomorrow, Arthur gets cancelled. and then, no. Then, um, no, but I mean, like, we try to see um, kind of like the scenario of, like, if COVID was not happening, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, I would like to just do a question with you that if COVID was not happening and since for example WWE is not like the main goal nowadays for wrestlers because I, from what I've heard from some people it was like before for you to make it or for you to be like this big shot you had to go to the uh, so for Liza Hall like if you could go anywhere in the planet like to sign a contract and be like in any promotion which promotion Oh, where would I want to sign a contract to? <laughs> um, I yeah, think let's one... say like a two-year thing or something like that, you know, or three-year, one-year thing. Uh, well, in the next few years, I would really love to work for ROH or any, even Stardom in Japan. They're constantly touring and they're constantly having shows and even getting to train in their dojo, I think, would be amazing. So, yeah, I think those two, ROH or Stardom. And would you, you consider like going for a long stay in maybe the UK? Since you mentioned like Zack Saber Jr. and like wrestling style, that is more. Um... Yeah, I think the UK would be really fun because their scene had like a giant explosion in the last two or three years, and just that style of wrestling is what I really love. So I mean, I think going to the UK would probably be very beneficial. For Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think mm-hmm. I think it's it's cool to see. Um, you know, you, Rodrigo, you brought up this this uh, the concept of you know uh, that conception that that may or may not still exist. Of you know, you've, you've air quotes made it if you get signed on with WWE, and I think the the there's similar um, comparisons to be made really in any in any artistic media uh, expression, right? You know, we we talk about with film. You know, uh, air quotes making it is is uh, being you know in LA, right? Getting it, getting an LA gig. Um, yeah. But I think now, as uh, I've noticed the trend within within you know film and, and other things that, that we've worked on, and I guess correct me if I'm wrong, um, Liza, but now that I think it, it's growing, uh, media in general, and then it sounds like specifically also wrestling, there's probably similar to film this sense of you can. You can do it for the love of it, which means that you can kind of set your own standard for what you consider making, right? Hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's, it sounds kind of like that. That might be what's um, uh, what what you're talking about, right? Or, or Rodrigo, maybe what you're trying to um, to allude to. Uh, uh yeah. No, no yeah, like what, sure. what I mean is. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Like. Oh, okay. I think um, there's definitely different levels to what people think is making it. There's lots of people who say just want to wrestle in their local area. And there's some people who are like, oh, if I get to go work for this company, then like I've made it, you know, but there's always um, different, different levels that people want to reach. I mean, even if you're like an actor, actress in LA, there's like, say you got like a TV show, and that's you're hell yeah that's what you want to be on but then somebody else could be like no i want to be a big movie star so there's always different levels to i mean what somebody thinks and, and i mean like there's also like different outlets nowadays that that like also for us filmmakers have been like very beneficial like youtube and vimeo mm. and since you're mentioning like that there's like this these kind of like wrestlers that have like their own characters and they make the YouTube channel. Like we can see like wrestlers like let's say uh, Sammy Guevara that has like a, a bunch of subscribers from there has like a huge that made a prominence before he hit like, like AEW or something. Uh, so do you think since you also have a YouTube channel, like what do you think is kind of like the mindset of a wrestler? Tips would you give somebody if you were starting a uh, wrestling focus, you know? Uh, well, for my YouTube channel, I've just, I've posted highlights for matches and, like, full matches themselves. But a lot of people like to also make their own content of, say, like, opening fan mail or talking to fans or making vlogs of their days. So, I mean, there's lots of different content content that people can make to put out there. And then once different companies or different people see it, you know, your name grows with that content. And, and do you think it's important, at least in, in, in wrestling, in that aspect, you know? Because, um, like, this is a... I, I, I personally don't agree with it. I've seen people, like, cast in their films, like, let's say, not the, the most talented uh, actress or the most talented actor that appears in the audition. Like, it's it, it, they go mostly for, oh, you leave your um, username in Instagram and we'll... And usually, like, the one that has the more followers is the one that gets the key, you know? Do you think that happens in wrestling? Or is, like, uh, that is doesn't matter at all? Um, um, I mean, sometimes it depends. There's people who 
gain names, people who have a lot of a bigger following on social media. But usually the reason that they have that following is because they're, they're pretty good at wrestling and they're good at what their character so, I mean, sometimes, say, if it comes down to, like, a name or a local person for that promoter, maybe they would go with the name and then a local person that they think is really good and that would make a good match with that name. Or if you had two people from the same area, then it's, it's not about how many followers, you know, how many followers you have. It's about how, um, how good that match could be, you know. What is, do you think, like, social media has become integral to the wrestling community somehow yeah i mean social media is huge for wrestling like i would say 50 of wrestling is having an online presence and getting people to know who you are if people don't know who you are then they're not looking up your matches to watch what you can do you know and oh stafford oh I, um i'm frankly just just agreeing um that that's especially as as our uh, marketing guy ish sort of uh, <laughs> own it own it dude <laughs> you you do marketing uh, yeah. it's it's on your card it is on my <laughs> card um and anyway so yes uh, social media absolutely I think um, social media has, has really revolutionized um, just the way people communicate and the way media is consumed uh, across everything I, I'm I'm not at all surprised to hear that. It's also becoming a part of, of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the internet's kind of like free advertising, right? You can put anything you want out there, and then everybody who's following you is going to see it. And if they share it, then their followers are going to see it. You know? Yeah, and I think something really interesting uh, right now that we had like this little moment with Stafford of like, "Hey, man, own it! Like, uh, you're the marketing guy." Uh, <laughs> I watched an interview of uh, Sammy Callahan uh, recently, and he was saying mm -hmm. that there's still like this uh, phrasing of like saying indie wrestling, you know, like independent, uh, or that these are indie wrestlers, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. from, from the look of it, like he he doesn't like he prefers like like nowadays since we were talking about like you can, can do a living out of wrestling without being in like this. He prefers like the term professional wrestler what is your opinion on that do you call yourself like a pro wrestler or um i think yeah i would call myself a pro wrestler there are people um like if you're trained and i guess if you're traveling and stuff like that you're a pro wrestler um there's a big indie scene out right now so we always have somewhere to travel to and if you really want to make a living with it then it's something that uh you put your entire effort into you know? Yeah, and maybe like just to start uh, wrapping up, which is somebody that you haven't wrestled yet that you really want to wrestle, and where would if possible? Ooh, that's always that's a hard like a one because I want to I want to wrestle so many people, but um, I think right now I'd really want to wrestle as a female for a female. I would want to wrestle Chris Statlander. And then for males right now, I think I would love to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. I think that's one that's like very out there and very wishful thinking, but it would be an awesome opportunity to learn. It's cool that you see it that way, you know, like mm -hmm. always like you're learning along the way 
they as as also you're experiencing this kind of stuff you know because yeah. like some people might say like i don't want to fuck it up you know and like i'm not saying you're going to do it right but like mm -hmm. in part of like the learning process like it, it comes with the hardships and everything yeah facing against your yeah. heroes <laughs> it get it's hard definitely but if you stop learning then what's the point of doing it right <laughs> there's always something that you can make better or learn and maybe i'm going a little bit like too back into our conversation like uh but i i wanted to ask like since you brought it up of facing like i remember my first time in a professional set mm -hmm. like an actual set i was like scared to shit you know i was like i don't want to like <laughs> piss off anybody like i don't want to hold anything like i don't want to do this or that because my somebody might piss off and just like right. this is your life uh you as a professional wrestler like even though you had like your family support like your sister uh what was like your first time stepping into a ring where where you're not like in school anymore or you're not learning or you're not practicing or you're not like in front of a crowd you know what was like that feeling and how was the experience well i mean the first time i like the first match i ever had uh it was against chelsea green and malaya hosaka and i I was teaming with and so Malaya Hosaka has been wrestling for and at that time Chelsea Green was like maybe a year to in. So I mean if you've never had a match before I I was told to just be quiet and like do what I was told you. So the person who who has been working for thirty years should be the one who's kind of putting everything together, telling you what to do. But, I mean before that I was like crazy nervous to even have a match you know <laughs> like you get like really nervous and uncomfortable but excited at the same time so you just don't nah. that, that sounds really um yeah well i guess we go for the recommendations now uh, uh actually I'm, I'm gonna jump and since nice yeah i've got uh the first yeah i know normally i'm the silent guy <laughs> in the corner can you clap? Can you all clap? Should we open up some Standing campaign? Yeah, there we go. It, no, it's really cool that, like, I think this is the episode where Stafford has participated the most, you know? Like, yeah. I, I'm props to that. Like, I'm going to clap. Should, like. should we be clapping yeah. podcast, Stafford? Mm, is, is that the message I'm getting here? I, I am normally very quiet in our interviews. Uh, <laughs> Every time he talks, he makes fun of me. Guess why he's so quiet? Yes. Uh, just let him talk. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, uh, just, just because um, you talked about doing that Greco-Roman wrestling style before, uh, and mm -hmm. while it has been a number of years, uh, there was a time where, where wrestling was a pretty significant part of uh, part of my life, with, with regards to not, not the uh, pro wrestling scene, but like collegiate uh, folk style wrestling. Um, what um, is maybe your, your favorite move from, from Greco-Roman style or, or something that you've carried over from Greco-Roman style that, um, that you really like, just, I suppose, out of curiosity? Oh, mm, I would think, I think the gator roll. I really okay. liked it because it was, it was fun to do and then it was an easy grab and then mm -hmm. it got you like quite a few points. <laughs> Yeah, yeah if you could get them over enough mm -hmm. um I, i'm pretty sure I, I mean i know wrestling moves have six different names depending on who tells you but i uh this would be like um both of you facing each other you hold them and roll uh both of you over your back correct i'm thinking of the right move 
Uh, so this one's where, say, if they shoot the leg and then mm-hmm. you drop your hips to the ground, mm-hmm. you have your arms around like a head and one of the arms, and then yeah. you just yeah. So it's right. that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I <laughs> did not personally enjoy um, uh, freestyle rolling and and things like that. No, what was, was your favorite? <laughs> oh. <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, uh, I always went just for a classic armbar. That was that was my uh, my go to. That's fair. That's uh, fair. Um, any any time that I could get somebody uh, down to the ground, that was that was where I loved to be. Uh, yeah, so. I wish like in our, I guess league. Yeah, in our league, we weren't allowed to throw any kind of like suplexes or anything, and I always wanted to do that because I was watching wrestling all the time at the same time, and so I did it once in practice, and the coach, like the other person and the coach both got super mad, so they're like, we don't do that here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it was like my first month. Don't do that in these parts. Yeah. Well, fantastic! Yeah, so that was. Uh, I'll, I'll let Rodrigo get back to wrapping things up. <laughs> All right, thanks for the question. Well, no, I, yeah. I think like that's something really cool. Maybe we're seeing the story of Stafford the wrestler. You know, and trained yeah, by. Maybe we need to do more wrestling podcasts. Maybe, I mean, there's so many people here yeah. who would love to do them. So, if you can send up to know a list, like we will be super glad of doing this, like every now and then. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I can send you a few people who'd probably like to do it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, well, folks, that's it. Mitch Mike's done. We are now opening a wrestling podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us for all five. Uh, <laughs> Just made it. Like, ten episodes by now. Sure. Extreme yeah. Moose Championship. You know, it's going to be Extreme cool, Moose. Yes. Dead Match Moose Championship. But. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, can, I can see it. I can see it. Unfortunately, there, I do know people who have considered wrestling moose before, being that I'm weird Alaska guy. Uh, but I can tell you it's a bad idea. Man, I, I just... I try. Let him live. <laughs> Let him do a wrestling podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Like, since, since with Chingot Media, like, our production company, like, we want to do everything. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule out, like, hey, in a couple of years doing, like, a promotion, like, extreme mood wrestling, you know? <laughs> oh, I mean, you like, want to do a whole full show? Oh, yeah. And we can Dog, have, like, you're a getting ahead of yourself. Cheap. Yeah, no, he doesn't dream. He does not dream small. No. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> See, he big does, dreams. does not dream small. A little bit of insight, I suppose, for, for the masses out there uh, into the weird structure that our production company has. Our producer, normally supposed to be the cynic, no guys, we got to stay on budget. Is one hundred percent our visionary and our in-house director, who normally would be our no, but we need to blow up thirty cars for my vision. Uh, is very much our no, but wait, we have to stay on budget. And no, it's that's hilarious cool. to watch. I love no, that's it. cool. <laughs> yeah, it's that's quite terrifyingly through. Usually, that's why you stop for to stay silent because he yeah. <laughs> Just rant and, and say, like, no, we have to make it bigger. And Arthur said, like, mom man, come on, like, we cannot do that. Mom and dad are fighting again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think of, no, we cannot fly the whole crew to North Carolina, shoot one scene. <laughs> we cannot go to Alaska to do this. To do one shot. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess we went off. Yeah, we're, we're Super way off topic. Topic. So, sorry, like, <laughs> get off topic. Go ahead, Rodrigo, please. This is 
Yeah. I, I need to wrap it up before we go for another hour. Uh, so, one recommendation. Uh, uh, just like a wrestler we should be watching on, like you have your eye on and say like, hey, like you need to watch this guy because maybe he's going to be big on some time or just your favorite wrestler or a match, a promotion, something that you want to recommend like wrestling-wise. Uh, go for it, whoever wants. That silence. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Liza. You oh, okay. Ahead, well, yeah. yeah, I'll go ahead. <laughs> well, down here, up here in Vancouver, we have ECCW. That's a very uh, popular promotion. They run the Commodore Ballroom at least twice a year. They are the promotion that I work for the most right now. And people there, like the wrestlers there, are all really good. One guy to really watch out for in the future is Elliot Tyler. He rising fast and doing really well in his career so he's definitely someone to watch out for fantastic hey big shout out arthur yes like you, you can say it you, you can look out for google like i don't mind <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's this one wrestler yeah. that I'm, I mean, there's, there's actually one there's this one wrestler i'm a big fan of interesting enough uh i think netflix is a documentary on him a few months ago I think his name was Joe Exotic or something. Oh, oh my God. Every episode, you recommend Every. Tiger King. Every episode. Go watch Tiger King. Go watch Tiger King. No, for real? Joe Exotic's an actual wrestler. <laughs> from, what <I> know. <laughs> from what I know, he actually is a wrestler, so it fit. No, no, no. He is not a wrestler. <laughs> no. Don't even, you, you don't don't even claim put him. that in the universe. Okay, <laughs> you don't claim him. That's okay. Ooh, That's fine. We don't claim him. <laughs> I don't think t- zookeepers claim him as well these days. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Man. You see that one coming, did you? No, I did not. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> taken back. You know, I, I think was, I was prepared for you to 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 bring up uh, what is it, Fast Three Thousand now with John Cena. It officially makes it a wrestling movie, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, <'cause> John Cena. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, man. No, We're like ten episodes <laughs> into this podcast, and you always do that fucking joke, man. Like, <laughs> I got you this time, didn't I? We, I got you with it. If we had any. Audience, like for real, like they are gone at, the, at this point, you know. Like, no, like they I'm not going to love it. Fucking Tiger King guy anymore. They should all be watching. Should we all be watching Tiger King, dude? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Are you, are uh, you getting paid? I gotta ask. I cannot confirm, not neither. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you're getting uh, sponsors? Maybe. Well, okay, you go for it. Like, just say but, fucking wrestler. But, but okay. To, to be serious, though, if I if I do have, should I recommend one wrestler? I'll recommend for another show, Drew Smith. <laughs> Drew Sarian, please. Drew Sarian. Yes. Yes. Drew Sarian's how he goes by. It. Yes. Well, he doesn't even go by that anymore. He he's like uh, uh, Sarian Softboss. Sarian Softboss. <laughs> That's how he goes by <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah. Cool guy. I know nothing about his wrestling style or how his matches go. I know he's a cool guy. So he's a cat. <laughs> he's a cat. Yeah, he is a he's cat. He's a cat. Him, big cat. Uh, he has extreme cat matches. Yes, go for him. Stafford. Um, unfortunately, I I do not uh, have anything specific that comes to mind. Um, maybe maybe Stafford the wrestler. Like, do you recommend sure, like sure start pursuing your? Yeah. Yeah. 
guys, I'm, you know what, this podcast has changed me. Um, this whole film thing, I'm just going to have to drop it. Uh, not for me anymore. I'm going to go full, full ham on the wrestling thing, you know. <laughs> um, so. You pledge your allegiance to your new master, your new man. Pardon? No, you know, it's it's uh, it's not specifically, I suppose, part of the same um, uh, part of the part of the same media form, but. Um, but I would recommend people who are maybe interested in seeing uh, more technical wrestling, go and check out um, a lot of the colleges and universities that have uh, wrestling teams and, and watch those tournaments. Um, as far as I'm aware, they're, they're available online. And it is, it is completely different um, with regards to um, how, it's, you know, how it's set up and, and all that uh, from what, what uh, pro wrestling would be. But um, I know uh, a lot of those... Uh, I mean, a lot of those people are, are working really hard, and I, and I remember that there's not a huge amount of attention put on uh, collegiate style wrestling. So, if I had to make a, a wrestling related recommendation, go watch, go watch your local university's wrestling team. Man, don't assume That's local. A good one. But not right now, though. We're in the middle of a pandemic. When it's all done, oh, yeah, you no, go watch no it. Not, <laughs> no, not, not today. Right not I mean, it's months. always on YouTube. It's always yeah. Watch them on YouTube. That's cool. Yeah. Search up some Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. we we mentioned it on the show. You know, like. Everything's online now. You yeah. can watch it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise be to the mighty overlord, uh, YouTube. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so real quick, because I think we're running out of time. Uh, my recommendation is Mexican wrestler, uh, Echicero. Like, every time I see him, and, and I, I recommend, if you, if you haven't watched it, Liza, like, like, he's like a super technical wrestler that people, okay. like, I, I don't know, like, how he makes it stuff and how he come up with hooks and everything you know uh yeah so go watch him like in his youtube channel or in his youtube videos like he's amazing and just to wrap this up like thank you Lisa, for coming and teaching all of us about wrestling and teaching all of our audience about wrestling. Yeah. yeah for sure thank you for having me on here yeah, hopefully we can have you back and sorry for all the mess uh and all during this podcast yeah. oh no 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 it was fun it was good yeah <laughs> Also, watch Tiger King. Oh, oh. I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't <laughs> want to watch it again. But <laughs> <laughs> well, something you want to hear again is Moose Mike. So we will come back in two weeks. Thank you guys for hearing us out. And thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.